Hey guys. Hi everyone. Welcome to my ride or die. This episode is going to be a little different and I'm sure you guys will appreciate it once you start hearing the stories. And we decided to talk about survival stories or near death experience stories for us, which I mean, I've got two that I can think of. Well, I've got a few, but the two that I'm going to talk about are kind of nuts. <laughs> and I was very little, so I don't remember any of them, but how was your week? How was my week? Mm-hmm. Honestly, it was a blur. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of the same. Just with my foot recovering, it's kind of just a blur. Just, you know, sitting kind of at home, right? <gasps> yeah. Pardon me. Just in recovery mode and stuff. Trying to stay off my feet like I'm supposed to and not. <laughs> not. <laughs> Never, ever stay off your feet. I know. Honestly, when we do this podcast, it's probably the longest. This and sleeping. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's probably the longest that I'm off my feet in the week. So, yeah, my week was kind of just a blur, to be completely honest, but it was fine. Yesterday and today were really nice days up on the mountain. It was really cool. Oh, my goodness. It was so windy yesterday. I was in my office writing Mm -hmm. and couldn't focus because it was storming like crazy. And and I actually I texted Diana and told her, like, oh, you know, like, I wish you were here. You should hear the thunder. It was like just booming and rolling. And just it was crazy. The thunder was incredible at our house yesterday. Jealous. Right. And yeah, I wish you'd been there to see it. And it was just and it was raining so hard and stuff. It was really stormy. And uh, I was watching the laundry on the line from my office window. And I'm like. (laughs) I don't want to go out and deal with this. No. And I didn't, but I was just like, I'm really hoping none of it flies off down the gully. Yeah. Because I don't know how we would ever retrieve it. You wouldn't. With all the rock faces and stuff. Yeah. Like it would have to be Jamie because there's no way I could do it with a broken foot. No. And even then it would be trying because of, you know, like the landscape of where we live. It's just rocks. Yeah. Like big rocks. So it, it would have been bananas trying to retrieve our clothes, but. It's one of those things you see a fly away. You just say sayonara. Yeah. That's it. Like. <laughs> You're never going to see it again. Goodbye, plaid pajama bottoms. Yeah. <laughs> Spin a slice. Pretty much. Some bear is going to wear you now. <laughs> oh my see God. some bear walking around with plaid pajama bottoms on. I can picture it. It's so Canadian. It's so funny. Very Canadian. <laughs> yeah. A bear in plaid pajamas. I'm sure if we uh, typed that into our Google search, something would come up. <laughs> Let's do it. Chantal grabs her phone. <laughs> and so did Diana. And so did Diana. <laughs> yeah. A bear in plaid pajamas. Oh, it's just showing me like fucking pajamas with bears on them. Oh, mine That's said... lame. Well, let's see what mine. It's like the same pajamas I have. Uh, these ones. It's the, the lazy one brand. Yeah. Yeah, I think you've seen them. I have that onesie and it says, uh, mine says bear bottom. Oh, okay. On the butt flap. Yes. Yeah, and like Cecily's had them growing up and stuff like they're one they're wonderful pajamas, but I was really hoping to see like a bear in pajamas. I'm very disappointed, Google. I'm disappointed too. Because yeah, I was fully expecting <laughs> that. And I'm seeing a bunch of people all happy in plaid pajamas with little bears <laughs> right? on them. And I'm like, this is not what I want. Yeah, this is not what I wanted. Oh well. <laughs> right? They all look very happy. But yeah, so I was like, I'm not dealing with this laundry, and I just watched it from my office window and it was like completely horizontal like from the wind right <laughs> yeah and i'm like i those clothespins, man they held on that even blew away that's hilarious i know and i was shocked for sure but i definitely anyways. wanted to come up but i had uh just a, a really bad headache all day yeah and there was no way i was gonna get into a vehicle and drive no it's totally understandable yeah but i'm very jealous i would have loved i mean you could see from here you could see the dark skies but there was no rain nothing no thunder yeah that's too bad next time next time how was your week kind of the same just Mm -hmm. a blur (laughs) i'm just trying to think what i did this week 
I'm guessing like the day-to-day shit, obviously, but nothing's standing out right now. It's no. just kind of work, life, and that's it. All right. So do you want to go first about your uh, near-death experiences in your life? Sure. Okay. I have a few. I've dodged death a few times in my life. And then there's, I mean, there's been times, too, where I'm like, was that a near-death experience? But, like, if it wasn't near-death, I could have been severely fucked up. Like, one of the times <laughs> it stands out to me. Just to keep the whole story short, I won't get into the whole thing, but um, I had a horse fall on me at, like, high speed. I was on a horse that was galloping, and it was out of control. Yes. And uh, I had a friend on another horse, and her horse spooked and bucked her off. Mm -hmm. And then I took off on my horse after the other horse, and then literally, like, had the other horse by its reins, but then I couldn't stop both of the horses, and they were, like, racing each other. And then I was sliding off my saddle between both of them, and I was like, fuck this. The other horse is going to run home, which is exactly what it did. Yeah. They'll always run home. Yeah. And so uh, then I couldn't stop my horse, Mm. and it was terrifying. And then once we, once she hit the pavement, I knew she was going to fall, and she did, and she fell on me. (gasps) Yeah, so she, and I wasn't wearing a helmet, and what saved my ass was my cowboy hat. That was really scary having a horse fall on me. And I've had some, I've had a few horse accidents. And I mean, every single equestrian does. It's like people who dirt bike and stuff, right? You know, you fuck around, you find out. So how about we just kind of go like, you know, I do one, you do one. Because I don't know how, you said you have two. I have a few more. Two that I want (laughs) to talk about. I've had others, but I don't want to talk about Fair enough. So actually I have three. One is on a bike as well. Okay. So actually, why don't I start with that one? So I was about 16, 17 years old. And I love riding my bike. And uh, I had gone to High Park, which is this huge park in Toronto, and we were coming home and there's this street that kind of, it's not super steep, but a little bit, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And there was nobody around and we were going quite quick and this vehicle came out of nowhere, startled one of the people I was riding with that day and they rode their bike into mine. Oh shit. So the way he hit me, it hit my my handlebars, it hit my arms, so my, my bike my tire went completely oh, yeah. opposite way. It uh, stabbed my gut. Ooh. And I flipped off my bike and my whole side just slid up across <gasps> the pavement. Oh, dude. I was brutal. covered. I'm surprised I don't have scars. No kidding. I was covered in a body scab. Oh, Diana. For months. Brutal. I was bruised for months. It was scary as all hell. And no the kidding. fucker took off, obviously. Oh, my God. The, the guy took off, but we were both. And then there was a third person on a bike, and they were far enough away to witness the whole thing. And they th- they thought we both died the way it happened. Mm-hmm. I thought I died. like, But you're just, like, kind of laying there. <laughs> like, am I dead? Am I dead? I didn't want to move because I was afraid to move. I was yeah. afraid that I wouldn't be able to move. Uh, I was afraid that I was dead. It was, it was just such a weird feeling. For sure. And then when I did move, it hurt. And my clothes had completely ripped all along the one side. Holy crap, dude. Um, yeah, my shorts weren't even shorts anymore on the one side. Uh, but yeah, I'm surprised I don't have scars. That was that was pretty fucking scary. That is really scary. Yeah, that one just popped into my head. I totally forgot about that. But I was okay. I had to take off so much time from work after that because I couldn't move. Yeah, no I kidding. Walk. Man, that's brutal. You are so lucky you survived. Yeah, but... Again, just remembering the, like, when he hit my handlebar and it completely turned and it's stabbing me in the gut. Oh, that was pretty scary. So, yeah, that's one of them. The other two are are pretty interesting as well. Yeah. So, what's your next one? I guess I'll go in kind of chronological order. Again, I have one that's, like, when I got hit on foot from a taxi. Mm Mm-hmm. 
sort of, I don't know if you'd call it a near-death experience. I guess you could because, I mean, I didn't even see it coming. He backed up and hit me, mm -hmm. and he, like, swung me around to the point where I was looking in the back window, and I was, like, going underneath the car. Hmm. And I remember pounding on the trunk and seeing people in the back, and they were freaking out. Mm -hmm. But it was so fast, too. Yeah. And then eventually he stopped, and it was, like, it was crazy, and he ran over my foot. He ruptured my knee. Jesus. Um, and he just fucking swung me around. Like, cause he hit me from the side. Yeah. He hit me from the left side and he ran over my left foot and then he smashed into the inside of my right knee. And then again, the next thing I knew I was facing the back window and going underneath the car. And so that was fucking crazy. But I ended up, you know, obviously surviving and being okay. Um, and then I have two more. So now you go ahead. Okay. These two always... <laughs> kind of stuck with me because they're kind of funny. I was very little. I don't remember them. I was a baby. So the first one, I was in my crib or bassinet, whatever you want to call it, in Portugal. So where I was born. And my mom was outside doing the laundry, but it was old school. Like they had that thing, the table, like the... Oh, really? <laughs> the washing board or yeah. whatever. So she was outside doing no the laundry. Kidding. Oh, yeah. That's how she did laundry. Yeah. <laughs> my dad was hunting. Uh, so he had our Dalmatian and he was hunting rabbits and there was an earthquake. Oh, wow. And my mom could feel it while she was outside. Oh, yeah. I remember you telling yeah. me about this. Right. And uh, she panicked, ran inside the house and I'm there in my bassinet. She pulled me outside of the, ba like pulled me out. And as she was pulling me out, the ceiling caved in on my bassinet. Jeez. And she ran out of the house and the whole house collapsed. <laughs> That's insane. I totally forgot that you told me this story. Yeah. That's bananas. Yep. Yeah. You, so again, is, I don't remember, but... That is so close to it's dying. crazy, yeah. Her instinct to run in yeah. and grab me. She was like, mm, something's not right. Because if she had just waited a second longer, yeah, because as she was pulling me out, the ceiling was, was caving in. So that was that was nuts. Wow. Mm -hmm. I don't remember how old I was, but I was, I was quite young. I was under a year old. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> yeah. You go next. Okay, so the other one I have was, this was definitely, I thought I was going to die in this situation, for mm -hmm. sure. Right after graduation, literally my life flashed before my eyes. So it was my best friend at the time. Um, I'm not going to say her name. <laughs> it was her and her boyfriend. And then it was obviously myself. And then her and I, like our mutual friend, uh, or a couple mutual friends. Mm -hmm. And it was me and two girls in the back of this of like my best friend at the time she had a honda crv the three girls and i were in the back seat and then she was driving and her boyfriend was in the front where we went up princeton road with other friends mm -hmm. who went to mount bushery high school okay. and we went to kss so a bunch of us were partying one night and there was no drinking and driving mm -hmm. like she wasn't drinking and driving we were we were being safe mm -hmm. and then once we got to the, our final destination because we pinballed a bit around places and uh once we finally got to one of our friend's houses in glen rosa then we were like drinking and shit like that and we didn't weren't driving yeah but while we were driving we were being safe and so at least you know we were smart enough to not be doing that right mm -hmm. so we went up princeton road which is just outside of peachland Oh, that street. It's like the one, well, yeah. there's very few lights along. Yeah. So it's the last light the as you're leaving. Yes. The last one, yeah. And that's pretty steep. Yeah. Long road. Yeah. And then it goes up and turns into like the mountain, like dirt road yeah. and shit, right? Yeah. yeah. And so we went up Princeton Road up until dirt road. We went way the fuck up into the woods where there's cabins. Mm. And we went to a cabin. Okay. We ne ended up not staying there because the generator wasn't working or something. And 
Actually, I shouldn't say that it was right after graduation because it was winter time. So oh, okay. it was it was my grad year. Grad year. So it was 2011, but it was the end of the year because it was winter. Okay. And so, because I remember we got there and there was snow and it was like so fucking cold. And yeah, we ended up leaving. And then so when we were coming back down, have you ever been up that high? Yeah. Okay, so do you remember that really big ass canyon? It's been oh at least four or five years since I've been up that far, mm-hmm. so I don't remember. But okay. I know it does turn into a dirt road, and I mean, if you continue up that way, there's a few hiking trails and stuff that I've been on. But it's been years, yeah. So I don't, I don't remember a canyon. Okay, well, I mean, a canyon. I'm, I don't mean to exaggerate, but yeah. that may be a bit of an unintentional exaggeration. Okay, but it's like it's gigantic. Okay, like it's I say canyon because I can't compare it to anything else. Maybe like a really big ass gully. Okay. Like it's huge. The drop is over a hundred feet. It's that's big. It's massive. That's big. Yeah, and it's intimidating when you drive up it because it takes up the majority of space, and then it's this road that just goes up and around. Mm-hmm. It's like literally cliff. And uh, when we were coming back down, she lost control. Oh fuck! And there was snow on the road. I'm guessing. No, there wasn't oh. at that point. Yeah, at that point there was no snow. It was just up really high. Okay. Where there was snow, so luckily we weren't in snow. We were just on washboard. Okay. And for those of you who don't know what washboard is, it's like all the loose gravel on a dirt road. And it's, it's literally, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, and it's like marbles. And if you lose control on it, that's it. You're fucked. Yeah. Or you can be fucked. And I thought we were going to be. Yeah. And I don't remember her driving too fast or anything like that. I don't know how she lost control. Because I remember her driving safely, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden we went from what seemed like fine to completely out of control. I remember hitting my head on the left side against a window really fucking hard to the point where I thought I cracked her window. I didn't. Oh, wow. But I think it came close and my head was like super bruised on one side. Like I could feel it. And it was like it, I had such a bad headache. And then I hit my head on the ceiling of her car really hard because we were getting pinballed. Jeez. And stupid me, I didn't have my seatbelt on. Again. What's with you and no fucking seatbelts? I know. Just on dirt road, I Every know. Every story you I tell know. us, you don't have a seatbelt on. <laughs> well, it's all, usually on a dirt road. Doesn't no, matter. I, and it, honestly, it's because of just the way I was raised. When I go on the dirt road to go hunting and stuff, we take our seatbelts off. <sighs> but it's also because, like, we would drive so slow and carefully, right? Yeah, it doesn't matter. But she can get out of control. Well, that's just it. Exactly. She can get out of control. And so that's what happened. So I didn't have my seatbelt on. So I was getting fucking pinballed around inside of her car. Okay. And I remember we literally, Diana came right to the edge. And I thought we were going over. Ooh, and that just gave me the go- like goosebumps. Ugh. I can't even explain to you how scared I was. If you go over that edge and if you survive, you're fucking lucky. Yeesh. I feel like the odds are not in your favor. You're going to die. Yeah. Definitely those of us who weren't seatbelted, we would have died. I feel like I would have died because for the sheer fact alone that I wasn't wearing a seatbelt. Yeah. I would have probably gone through the windshield or something like that. I was just going to say, you probably would have gone through the windshield. Yeah. I thought for sure we were going to go over the edge. I thought we were goners. Like at the last second, she cranked her steering wheel and she sent us into the ditch. Okay. On the other end. And we went into the ditch hard. And like, I thought she fucked her her car, but she didn't. Her car was fine. She didn't? Car was fine. Huh. Completely fine. That was fucking crazy. Anyways, now you yeah. go ahead. Okay, so the last one I'm going to talk about, it was shortly after the earthquake <laughs> in Portugal. So we had no home. We couldn't live in yeah. it. So we we were staying with family friends uh, just down the street. And her father had a really bad heart condition. And he had his heart meds on the kitchen table where he always kept them. And back then, they didn't have the childproof pill bottles. So you could just open them up. 
Okay, I said it was under a year, but I think it was slightly over a year because I was walking already. Yeah. So anyway, I was in the house. I saw his bottles on the table. Apparently, I grabbed them all. I grabbed a little tin cup, went outside into the yard, turned on the hose because, you know, I put some pills in my mouth and I sucked on them until all the sweet was gone because they were coated, apparently. And then when I started tasting bitter, I would spit them out and drink water. I did this with all his pills. I think I remember you telling me this too. Yeah. yeah. And of course, my mother was horrified when she found me and I was all woozy and stuff. They took me to the hospital and they had to pump my stomach and stuff. And the doctor said if she had waited any longer, I had ingested enough of the meds. He goes, you're lucky that she was smart enough to spit it out when it got gross <laughs> because um, I would have died. But there was still enough in my system that if she had waited any longer, I would not have survived. Wow. So I try and picture little me. Yeah. <laughs> being little smart Diana. enough. Yeah, little me. Little being Diana. smart enough to have a little cup of water, turn it on, you know, turn the hose, the garden smart hose cookie, on. Smart though. And sucking on these pills because they taste like candy and then spitting them out when they didn't taste like candy anymore. Swinging some water, throwing more pills in my mouth. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I remember you telling me that. It's like nuts. Thank the darkness that you had the fucking sense to spit them out. Yeah. You know, luckily my mom found me when she did. Yeah. Because, you know, again, he had said that if she had waited any longer, there was enough in my system yeah. that it could have killed me. Crazy. So she got me to the hospital just in time for Crazy. them to pump my stomach. And yeah. Wow. And sorry, was that was in Portugal? That was in Portugal. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Because you said you were just over a year. So yeah. So it was after the earthquake. We had nowhere to live. So we went and stayed with this family until yeah. we could figure out either rebuild the house or what and then they decided to move to canada so they, they decided yeah to move to canada after the earthquake yeah was that what prompted your parents to move to canada well my mom's sister had moved like moved out here already and i mean they just wanted to get away from all that crazy and so my aunt sponsored us to come out to canada so it was kind of like one thing after another and then it was yeah. like let's just do it oh, let's just do it yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Well, I'm so glad they made that decision. I know, right? Here we are. I'm glad I don't live out there because I'm a freaking Amazon compared to the men out there. I'm huge. <laughs> no, seriously. I know. So when we... Yeah, you're so tall. When we visited a few years ago, I couldn't... It's horrible. <laughs> I was just like, hello down there. Hello, hello, hello. All the doors are super small. Oh, yeah. The yeah. homes, everything. I was like... And I always joke around saying my family are a bunch of hobbits. They can get mad at me all they want. I don't care. It's true. <laughs> Truth hurts. My uncle, who was born on my birthday, so his his birthday is is mine, but a year later, so I'm actually a, a year older than him. When I was there in Portugal and standing beside him, it was like the most awkward thing because he's like a year younger than me, but like he's like here. So he's like my height, uh, or is he shorter, shorter than, than you? Really? Yeah. And it's just like, all right, I feel, I feel weird. And then when I had heels on, because I wear, I don't give a shit that I'm tall. I always wear yeah, heels too, totally. Right? And you put my heels on and it's even worse. <laughs> so I'm glad my parents, but my sister too, my sister's tall. Yeah. So we would have been like the Amazon women on the island with all these little hobbits chasing around after us. <laughs> so yes, I'm happy they moved because, uh, it, I mean, for many reasons. I do love it there, but I don't know if I could live there full time. It's yeah. a small island. It's not very big. You can get around it in like less than half a day. That's how small it is. <laughs> so... Yeah, I'm happy to go visit. I'm yeah. happy to potentially retire there part time. 
Could you imagine if you go to, or like if you come to Ireland with me one day? Because yeah. that's on my bucket list. Yes. I've always wanted to go there so bad. And mm-hmm. I have Irish history. Mm-hmm. My mom's part Irish. So do I, actually, I think. When yeah. I did my Ancestry.com uh, thing. My mom's um, half Irish. She's German and Irish. So it's always been on my bucket list to go there. And so, anyways, the whole point of me bringing this up is it'd be fucking hilarious if you came with me because you're so tall. Yeah. And Ireland is such an old country that a lot of the doors are still super small. Oh, I know. So, like, try, watching you trying to get through the doors and the bars and stuff there is going to be hilarious. It's going to be funny. And Same as if Jamie comes because he's six foot two. I might have to wear a helmet if we go drinking. <laughs> if we go drinking because I might forget. Right as in the bar. Poof. Oh, my God. I would laugh so hard. I'm sorry if you or Jamie banged your head. Yeah. Heads on the door frames. I'll need to wear, like, a very flashy you know, a helmet. bicycle helmet with sure. a little visor on it. You know what? <laughs> Fuck everyone else. <laughs> At least I won't be hitting my fucking head. But yes, I've thought about that. I'm like, man, if I ever get inebriated in one of these places, I'm so not going to be paying attention and I'm just going to fucking smack my head as I walk out. So funny. Oh my God, we've got to go to Ireland together and go party. There's so many places I want to go and Dude, party with I you. I know, right? So many. Our plans to go to Germany and go to like the red light district and Fuck go fucking yeah. dancing in the underground nightclubs there and shit. Yeah. I've seen too many movies. Right? Where it's like it just looks beautiful. Yes, there's the horror parts of that, but we're gonna ignore that all that stuff. It's yeah. not gonna happen when we go. But I just wanna be a part of that scene. Yeah. At least once. <laughs> right? Yeah, we have to experience it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I have to experience tearing up Europe with you. We have so much fun. And before you get into your next story. Yep. We're talking about concerts and stuff. We're going to go see Tech Nine. <gasps> Tech Nine. In September. We're oh so excited. God. So excited. We saw him when he was in town last time and it was the fucking best. Chills, dude. Show. Fucking chills. I am like right now. So excited. So excited. That was in yeah. 2019. That was so long ago. I know. So the fact that we're going to go see him again. Fucking stoked next month. Yes. And I have two concerts next month. You do. I have Molly Crew. It's Molly Crew, Poison, Joan Jets, and the Black Joan Jet and the Blackhearts. I think that's who they're touring with. It's yeah. just Poison and then Joan Jet. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, and then we're going to see Tech Nine. Oh, I can't wait. At the end of September, so excited. I can't wait. Me too. Oh, got our tickets today. Yep. Fucking stoked. Yeah. So I just wanted to say that because we were talking about partying. I was like, hell yeah. Oh yeah, we're going to a concert. Lot to look forward to next month for totally. sure. Totally. Okay, so one more death story or almost death story for you. Yeah, one more. <laughs> this is my other almost death story. Speaking of Tech Nine and nightclubs and shit, yep. this goes right along with it. Oh shit! All right, seriously, it's like we planned it or something. It's like we did. We totally. actually didn't for everyone. No, that's, yeah, we didn't. Being, we actually didn't. No, but it's working out just like seamlessly. Yep. So back when I was a bouncer at Sapphire, mm-hmm. I was nineteen, and so I was outside one night, and I was just on a quick smoke break, and I was outside just like literally having a smoke, and I was leaning up against the door, bullshitting with the doorman outside. And so we noticed this chick was parking really weird. I remember you telling me the story, yeah. Yeah, and so the bouncer who was, I think he was placed outside. His name is Rob. And so he was standing beside me. We were both kind of talking about this chick and we're watching her. And then we kind of stopped paying attention to her. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing we knew is all of us just heard like an engine roar. Yeah. And she was coming right for the building. And Rob pulled me out of the way at the last second. Yeah. And right when he pulled me out of the way... Our other coworker, like bouncer, his name's his name's Marcus. Yeah, he came out of the doors. She hit him, Shit. and he ended up on the hood of her car. She hit a drunk guy outside, and his head hit her windshield, smashed her windshield. She knocked him out, and he rolled off her car. Yeah, 
And then, yeah, she hit Marcus when Marcus came out the door. She hit the building. Like, she hit yeah. Sapphire. Yeah. And it was all over Castanet. It was on the news. Rob pulled me out of the way at the last second. You know, now that I think about it, I don't know if I would necessarily call it, I guess, a near-death experience. But, like, she would have fucking broke my legs. Oh, she would have uh, hurt you. She would have hurt me yeah. big time. Yeah. Because, like, she, and she smashed into the bricks behind me. Like, yeah. she hit the building so hard that her car bounced back off of the building. Well, she potentially, yeah, would have pinned you. And that probably could kill you you know so yeah probably i guess i'm maybe downplaying it now that i think about it. i'm like well maybe she wouldn't have killed me but she would have severely fucked me up she would but have. yeah she could have killed me for sure and it was it was crazy it was almost like a scene out of a movie like the way he ripped me out of the way at the last second yeah and to this day like i'm so grateful for rob that like i remember even saying to him a few times that night like man you fucking saved my life and all of us went to denny's after jamie and i were just dating when that happened oh shit okay just dating for like maybe uh actually i don't know if we were even official yet but like we were seeing each other yeah. for like a few weeks maybe yeah and i wanted to call him but it was so fresh that i knew i was gonna wake him up yeah and then i was like i i don't know if i should but i was so shaken up and scared oh so cray cray. that was crazy and then after and she was like in shock apparently her stiletto got stuck i was just gonna say yeah. this is when her stiletto got stuck that's because you have told yeah. me this before yeah yeah and that's why it's illegal to drive in high heels yeah and she was in shock like we were yelling at her to get out of the car yeah and she was just frozen yeah frozen white knuckled on the steering wheel like she obviously didn't realize what she had just done yeah she was and that like i i feel i feel bad for her looking back now because yeah. she was fucking terrified yeah and i don't know if she was drinking or not i don't even know what happened to her yeah we had to shut down the bar and exit everybody out the back of sapphire yeah well when you told me the story i don't know if you remember i told you that my heel got stuck uh, I, luckily I didn't hit anybody, but it was just like, I was going to press the brake and all of a sudden I started accelerating Yeah, and I pulled onto a street and managed to come to a stop luckily, but I was like never wearing fucking heels while I drive again, ever. Yep. They were boots, like they were, but they were still heels. Yep. And I remember just feeling so shook up. Oh yeah. Again, luckily didn't hit anything, didn't go on the sidewalk, nothing, but it was like, it was enough. It was, you're coming to a stop sign. I'm about to press stop all of a sudden it's like <laughs> you're like not not what i want to do right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Shit. yeah that that fucking uh scared me so i will never like i will not wear heels yeah. when i drive because of that because you don't think it's going to happen to you and then exactly. it does and then it does you know so yeah yep. uh that totally scared the shit out of me no kidding yeah i can't even imagine how scary that would be mm. and i've driven in stilettos before so it's stupid. Well, it's you're stupid not supposed too. to be driving barefoot either. No, but it's also illegal. It, but if I am wearing stilettos, and oh I yeah, need to drive, I'll take them off oh, and go take barefoot. 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 I love driving barefoot. Yeah, I'll go barefoot before I'll wear stilettos. Oh, absolutely. I usually way have way more control. Oh yeah, I usually have a spare set of footwear in in the vehicle. Yeah. But I haven't been, I haven't worn heels in, I mean, COVID happened and then you just like, Neh. so I haven't worn heels in a while. But generally when I wore heels, I always had a pair of flats in the, in the vehicle. Yeah. Just in case. Totally. Because it, you know, it is more comfortable than being barefoot to a degree, but especially if it's winter. Well, that's not great. Oh yeah. yeah. Driving barefoot in the winter. I've been there. Yeah. But yeah. I would rather drive barefoot than have heels on. So yeah, there's our near death experiences. Yep. We're still alive. <laughs> yeah. Still alive to tell the tale. Totally. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to get into my story yeah, first. You go. So in light of our 10th episode, we decided to change things up a little bit and decided to do survivor stories. Woo! And it just kind of 
worked out that last week we said we were going to do near death yeah. experience as our uh intro like our intro whatever so it just kind of worked out and it's like it's like the gods are speaking to us you know yeah the universe must have divined this i think so we're so close to 400 downloads dude <laughs> i'm just looking it up right now that's why i grabbed my phone yeah i, I looked at it earlier and it was 389 something like that yeah. earlier yeah but yeah, like Diana said, in light of our 10th episode, which is exciting. We're now in double digits, guys. Yes, we So exciting. Are. We're still at 389. So 389 downloads. Okay. Very exciting. Right? It's so cool. It is. It really is. And to think that, you know, we've been doing this for what now? Like, well, 10 episodes, so 10 weeks. So 10 weeks. So just over, yeah, just over two months. That's what I was saying, like two yeah. and a half months. Before we know it, we're going to be at like a thousand downloads. Damn straight. I, I mean, we're already at almost 400. Yep. So, you know, you think another two and a half months from now, that's going to be like 800. I we think should have done this earlier. I know. We've talk, yeah, we've talked about starting yeah. a podcast for like ever. And it's like I'm mad that we didn't do it earlier. I know. So am I. Oh, well. Finally, we've done it. But yeah, I wish it had happened earlier. But I think by 2023, we're going to be in the uh, thousand downloads. Uh, we, I'm sure we'll be at like way more than that. Yeah, that's true. I guess I'm just going like how long it's been like according to the months. Oh, 2023, you said. Yeah, we're in 2022. Yeah, we're in 2022. So <laughs> I was like, that's like three years away. <laughs> that that's next year, dude. That's, next that's a year. few months away. Fuck, man, my right? time perception. September, sometimes. October, November, December. That's I, five know. months away. I forgot what year it was. <laughs> I do that a lot. <laughs> yes. Okay, so I'm gonna go first. Now this story. I have admired this woman for fucking years. She is a badass survivor. I want to be like her when I grow up. (laughs) I love that. Seriously. She is just wow. So anyway, I'm going to cite my sources. Funny enough, I did not use Wikipedia this time. No. (laughs) So she has an episode on I Survived. It's a like a TV show, I guess. So I, I watched that. I mean, I watched that years ago. But I watched it again recently. Then uh, a website called scarymommy.com. Nice. <laughs> Ranker.com. Yeah. And pimizo.com. P-I-M-I-S-O.com. Now triggers. The two top tri- triggers, not murder obviously, are rape and mutilation. So this badass bitch's name is Mary Vincent. Nice. Okay. And... Her story begins, she was one of seven children and grew up in Las Vegas with her parents where they worked at the casinos. It's said that her parents were very strict with their kids and they were going through a very messy divorce when Mary decided to run away and she was 15 when this happened. She lived out of her boyfriend's car for a little bit and then he got arrested. And what year was this? Uh, in 1978. Oh, sorry. The year did I you... was born? Yeah, the year you were born. If you yeah. said that, sorry, I missed it. No, I think I did not say oh, that. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I meant to. Okay. Honestly, it should have been in there. And it wasn't. So, the year I was born. So, she lived in her boyfriend's car. Oh, it's in the next sentence. That's oh, okay. I'm like, I could have sworn I put it in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At some point in my story. So, she lived out of his car. He got arrested. And then, after his arrest, she decided to hitchhike to her grandparents' house in Berkeley, California, in September of 1978. So, on September 29th, she was on the side of the road with two other hitchhikers when a 50-year-old named Lawrence Singleton, and I'm just going to refer to him as Lawrence, stopped and offered her a ride. He said he only had room for the one person in his van, um, and the other two weren't welcome. So she got in. The other two stayed behind. And hitchhiking back then was very normal. It just was what people did. She was exhausted, 
and she said that she got in to his van against her better judgment, but she was just so tired she just got in. Lawrence said he uh, would take her as far as Interstate 5, so it was kind of towards her, her grandparents' place. Mary lit a cigarette shortly after getting into his vehicle, and she sneezed. He reached over and touched her neck and asked if she was sick. That gives me shudders, like just this random stranger just... Ugh, yeah, anyway. gross. She pulled away, obviously, because she was like, what the fuck, dude? And didn't appreciate him just fucking touching her. Yeah. Other than that awkward touch, he was fine. So she felt comfortable enough to eventually go to sleep. He had that granddad kind of look to him. I know he was 50, but like he was just kind of like that kind face, just whatever. So, yeah. Trusting face, I guess. When she woke up, she realized that they were going in the opposite direction of Uh-oh. where he said he was going. Uh-oh. Yep. She found a sharp stick in his van, pointed it at him, and demanded he turn around. He played dumb and said he was so sorry that it was an honest mistake and he was going to turn around at the next available stop. So she believed him and she believed that he was sorry and, you know, she calmed down. That was that. He did stop the van to go pee. He needed a washroom break and she got out to stretch her legs. She leaned over to tie her shoe when she was struck in the back of the head with a sledgehammer and fell over. Holy shit. Yeah. (laughs) A sledgehammer. Yeah. He then proceeded to sexually assault her, rape her, warning her not to scream or else he would kill her. He said she had to obey everything he said to her if she wanted to live. He tied her hands up behind her and shoved her back into his van and drove off. He eventually stopped to cut her hands free and forced her to drink some alcohol from a jug uh, and then continued to assault her and she passed out. So the alcohol, I guess, just made her super woozy. Yeah. When she came to, he ordered her to lie on the edge of the road as she begged him to set her free. He said, you want to be free? So quotes, you want to be free? I'll set you free, end quote. He cut her arm off with <gasps> a hatchet just below her elbow. Mm-hmm. As he did that, she grabbed onto him with her other arm and he cut her other arm off. Oh my God. With a hatchet. Oh my God. Just below her elbow. No. And she fell back. As she fell back, she was in shock, obviously. And she could see her arm still, her hand, like still clutching him. He was just hanging on to him. I'm getting goosebumps everywhere right now. He has now hacked off both her arms. Remember, this is a survivor story, okay? Yep. So she saw her arms still clutching onto him. He grabbed her and shoved her down a 30-foot embankment and told her, okay, so quotes, okay, now you're free, end quote. He left her there, unconscious and near death. He thought she was dead, so he left. Mary woke up. And realized she was probably not going to survive. So again, 30 feet straight down. No arms. Mm-hmm. She was in immense pain when she woke up. Confused, exhausted, because she had lost so much blood. I was going to say, how did she not bleed to death? I know. So she was fighting the urge to fall asleep and just give in. Because at that point, you're just like, oh, just, I'm just going to go to sleep. Your body, everything. Yeah, and she would have died. Yeah. But she didn't give in to that. She was at the bottom of a ravine, naked, bleeding out like crazy obviously she somehow managed to muster up the strength to crawl back up that 30 foot hill and walked for three miles before she saw someone Mm -hmm. as she was going up this I, i can't even imagine this okay as she was going up she was rubbing her stumps of her arms into dirt to pack it so she wouldn't bleed out can you imagine the pain no Mm hmm so she was packing the dirt into her stumps just so she wouldn't bleed out. Oh my God. 
she wanted to survive. She later found out that she was at the bottom of the Del Puerto Canyon. So that's where he, he dumped her. Mary followed the sounds of a nearby highway. And this was at night, by the way. So no lights anywhere. And so she just like heard, you know, vehicles at a distance. And she walked for three miles until she reached it. When she got to the highway, she came across a car with two guys in it. But when they saw her, they sped away. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's a shitty thing to do, but I understand. They're like, it's dark. She's naked, covered in blood, no arms. Like, it's like a horror movie. Oh, that'd be terrifying. Yeah, they're they're probably terrified. They were. Yeah. Still a shitty thing to do. Totally, because she's like, please fucking help me. Luckily, another vehicle came by and helped her because she probably would have died. Probably. So the second vehicle came around and it was a couple on vacation. I did read in a few places that it was their honeymoon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they stopped and helped her. Reportedly, they um, said that all she kept saying was, he raped me. That's all she kept repeating. They drove her to the uh, nearest hospital where she was finally able to rest knowing that she was safe. And she's going to survive. Hopefully. Hopefully she didn't lose enough blood, you know. So Or have infections, like, bad enough all from all that. the dirt and stuff in her all arms. Jesus Christ. Mary provided the police with such a detailed description of that piece of shit that people recognized him immediately from the police sketch. Really? It was actually a friend or neighbor friend that recognized him and called the police. Neighbor friend of who? Her? Of his. Of his. Oh, of him. Of yeah. him. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. So, but it was such a good sketch that uh, people, uh, but they had other tips as well. Like yeah. People recognized him right away. The fact that she had that detailed, uh, that that much detail in her memory after yeah, all that after trauma. Yeah, after all that trauma. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. So while she was recovering, they fitted her with prosthetics and then she returned to school. When Lawrence was arrested, Mary testified against him. He insisted that Mary was a sex worker and denied any of the horrible things he did to her. He also said that there was a third person in the van and that Mary had threatened him. So this third person, yeah. He even had the balls to call her a $10 night whore. Wow. Mm -hmm. This poor 15-year-old girl. Despite all of this, shit. he is a piece of fucking shit. Sounds like a complete toilet. He is a complete toilet. Ah, toilet's too nice. (laughs) A toilet is too nice to describe this sack of shit. No, he's worse than the toilets. Despite all of this, this amazing, beautiful, strong woman stood up in front of court, uh, in, in front of the court six months after her attack and testified against him like the badass that she is. Mary only referred to him as my attacker and in a firm voice said, did this. So the quotes and referring to her prosthetic arms. The authorities had overwhelming evidence against the sack of shit, sad sack of shit, and convicted him on multiple charges, including kidnapping, attempted murder, and rape. Mary said that she had left the courtroom after Lawrence quietly said to her, I'll finish the... (sighs) Mary said that she left the courtroom and Lawrence quietly said to her, I'll finish this job if it takes me the rest of my life. Wow. So, quote, I I forgot to say quotes. He later admits saying this to her, to the authorities. The sentencing laws for sex crimes were so fucking shit. Oh, yeah. At that time that he was only sentenced to 14 years in prison. Wow. This was the maximum that they could give him at the time. Unbelievable. Yeah. He was released only after eight years and four months of his sentence for good behavior. Unfucking believable mm-hmm. But it is believable. It's totally believable, yeah. Totally. She did win a civil judgment against her attacker and was awarded $2.5 million 
but didn't see a penny of it because he was unemployed and couldn't pay her. Ugh. So she got nothing. Poor girl lived in fear of another attack, obviously. I don't even know how she survived. She was having trouble with her family and felt cut off from everyone. Uh, she moved away as soon as she graduated and was very secretive about her life. Just very scared to share anything yeah. about herself. She developed an eating disorder, did, did battle that, but she developed an eating disorder and had trouble leaving her house. Mary later admits that she had considered committing suicide but couldn't go through with it. People were not okay with him being released after he did. After everything he did, he got released on good behavior. That's people disgusting. Were, yeah, people were rioting. People were not okay with it. As a direct result of his sentencing, the Singleton Bill, so his name, I don't know if you remember, it's Lawrence Singleton. Okay. So the Singleton Bill was drafted, which stops the early release of assholes who commit a crime involving torture. Mary was a strong supporter, obviously, of this bill, and the minimum sentence for a crime involving torture is now 25 years. Thank God the darkness yeah it's still not great but it's better than 14 it's better than years. 14 or eight and a half yeah and they can't release them like early early exactly while lawrence lived in sulfur springs florida he murdered roxanne hayes in 1997 by stabbing her to death of course she was he did a, yeah she was a 31 year old and a mother of three oh he was arrested at the scene of the crime so his house covered in blood after neighbors called due to uh called in a report of assault so they heard everything that was going on. Mary chose to testify in court again against him, sharing what happened to her with the jury and faced her attacker, attacker after 20 years. So this was 20 years wow. later. She went back and she... She is a badass fucking bitch. Right? Because Holy most people would fuck. be like, no thanks. Yeah. No thanks. No, she went back, faced that piece of shit and, and told her story again 20 wow. years later. Yeah. He was convicted and sentenced to death for first degree murder. Good. He died of cancer while in prison in 2001. I was wondering if he actually, if he just died on death row and so if he actually... So the fucker took the easy way out. Yeah. Sack of shit. And cancer is a fucking easy way out for him. For him, it is. Cancer was too fucking it easy. It was too kind for him. In 1998, Mary went to Washington, D.C. to testify in favor of a congressional bill called the No, so quotes, No Second Chances for Murderers, Rapists, or Child Molesters Act. While she stood in front of members of Congress, Mary shared details of her attack and how Lawrence's lenient sentence allowed him to be released and kill Roxanne nearly 20 years later. And those poor kids. Right? So now they have to, you know, be raised without their mom or have been raised without their mom. She concluded with this, quote, I have now obtained the long overdue psychological counseling to help me get over my nightmares and fear. Yet sometimes I still feel like that confused 15 year old runaway trapped in the body of a 35 year old mother of two. No one should ever have to go through what I went through or what the children of Roxanne Hayes will go through without their mother. Unfortunately, the bill died in committee and was never passed. Congress didn't pass it fucking sacks of shit so mary today she is an accomplished artist with two adult sons she is very open about her trauma and has said that she struggled with her attack for years no fucking doubt <laughs> like yeah. poor thing she was able to heal though through her art and her and having her family she says that when lawrence was released from prison for good behavior the nightmares all came flooding back she actually broke her ribs once from jolting so hard awake from a night terror. Holy shit. Can you imagine how hard you would have to wake up? No. To break your fucking ribs. 
How is that even humanly possible? Apparently it is, because I didn't think it was either. I can't even imagine, yeah, how you would have to convulse your body to break your own ribs. Yeah. That's insane. So the night terrors were horrible for her. Holy fuck. I can't even imagine. Neither can I. I've never heard of this before. I've heard it for years and years and years. And I am so, like, I love this woman so much. This is fucking bananas. Right? Yeah. Wallace's death didn't give her the peace she had hoped for. She said that the relief that she saw on her son's faces when they found out he died was enough for her. Aww. And that is my story of this badass woman named Mary Vincent. Mary Vincent, you're incredible. Right? That's unreal. I couldn't wait to tell you this. I've known this yeah, story for so long. Yeah, I couldn't so wait long. to hear it. Diana kept going, like, and obviously, like, all the best ways possible. She kept going on and on about how great the story is. Yeah. I couldn't wait to hear it. Yeah, and I was waiting. I said, we got to do a Survivor, like, episode once, you know, or not once, but, like, we got to do it. And I've got, I know my first story is going to be this. Yeah. Like, it had to be about her. The fact that she survived after getting her fucking arms chopped off. I can't, I can't even imagine. Right. And then to climb, to climb up a 30 foot embankment. Yep. And consciously shove dirt. Yep. Into her severed arms. As painful as it was, but she knew it was going to help slow down. Yeah. Almost like cauterizing it. And then to walk three miles naked in the dark, Mm -hmm. traumatized with no arms. Yep. That's a fucking will to live. Yeah. I'm glad she did because, I mean, even though the fucker got out and unfortunately killed another person, but his story came to light. Yeah. And some shit did change because of her story. Yeah. You know, so I'm glad that I'm glad she survived for many reasons, obviously. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that is my story of this badass woman. She is so badass. Yeah. Holy frig, that gave me chills, man. Yeah, I was getting goosebumps. And I, I get, I've known this story forever, and I was getting goosebumps as I'm talking about it. Because it's just mind-blowing. Like That was mind-blowing. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry. It's I'm okay. tired. It's, it's, it's a, midnight. It's 11.59. It's 11.59. Yeah, it's 11. <laughs> 12. Now it's 12. Oh, there you go. It's officially just... tomorrow. Yay. It's officially Saturday. All right. Well, now I can't wait to hear your story. All right. I'm so excited. So my sources are Wikipedia and allthatsinteresting.com. So trigger warning for child abduction and captivity, molestation, rape, and incest. No murder, though. Yay! My story for today is about Elizabeth Fritzel and how she went missing on August 28th of 1984 for 24 years. And a whole lot more. Yikes. So Elizabeth is one of seven children between parents Joseph and Rosemary. She was born on April 6th of 1966 in Amstetten, Austria. Elizabeth also has, or well, sorry. Okay, so Elizabeth has four brothers and two sisters. Joseph began molesting Elizabeth when she was 11 years old, and they always had a really turbulent relationship when she was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Joseph would, she, would say she was very opinionated and difficult, headstrong and had a spirit that he felt was his duty to tame any woman that doesn't fucking listen to a man it like it's funny how they're all like fuck you <laughs> you know <laughs> fuck you assholes right oh, you were literally gonna say that at next say i'm that. so sorry no that's okay no no, no. i was smiling because i'm like that's literally what i was about to say i'm next. so sorry no don't be sorry no 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 don't okay, be sorry you say it now i th- no, it's totally fine i thought it was ironic that when you started saying it i'm like yep uh-huh she gets it <laughs> yeah because yeah you. all I, I was literally yeah the next thing i wrote which i said which is usually what we cowardly men say about women they can't handle <laughs> yes 
That's what men say about women they can't yeah. handle. Oh, she has a fucking attitude. Yeah. You're too much. Well, then find less, you piece of shit. Right. So, not to mention the fact that he'd been raping her for years at this point. But that's what he always said, that she was super headstrong and he didn't like it and whatever. So when Elizabeth completed standard education by 15, she ran away from home to get away from Joseph. When police found her at her friend's house, they brought her back home. Joseph had a couple different trades that aided in his monstrous scheme to hold his daughter captive. He was an electrician and later worked in the concrete industry. Joseph began motions of building an underground bunker type place in 1984, like underground in their Mm -hmm. house. His wife, Rosemarie, who kept to herself and knew not to step out of line with Joseph, never thought much of what he was doing down in the basement as he was devoted to his work. And she was under the impression that he was simply working on machinery prints uh, for his job. Okay. So like he would draw plans and stuff. Then on August 28th of 1984, once Elizabeth turned 18... Her father lured her into the basement, asking for her help with carrying a new door. This door was the final piece to seal her into his basement. After Elizabeth helped him by holding the door in place while he attached it to the hinges, he swung the door open very quickly, knocking her to the ground and that, like on the inside of the basement, yeah. and then smothered her face with an ether soaked towel, rendering her unconscious. Mm-hmm. After Elizabeth's disappearance, her mother grew more and more concerned and filed a missing persons report with police. After a month of captivity, Joseph handed over a handwritten letter from Elizabeth stating that she was fed up with her home life and family and forbid her parents to come looking for her, mm-hmm. saying that she'd leave the country if they tried to find her. Joseph forced her to write several letters while being held captive, all while Rosemary had no idea for a time that her daughter was under their floor being abused by her husband. Wow. So Joseph would go down to the basement a minimum of three nights per week to bring her supplies, but it was typically nightly, sometimes even several times per day, raping Elizabeth and eventually impregnating her. During the 24 years in his basement, Elizabeth gave birth to seven children, one of which died, and Joseph disposed of his body in an incinerator. Elizabeth dealt with dealt with her son's death by herself, which she later explained was so traumatic that she almost committed suicide. Every single pregnancy and birth that she had, she dealt with completely alone. Three of her children were taken, like from, like Joseph took three of her yeah. kids from her and raised them upstairs by him and his wife, Rosemary. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, police later said that Joseph gave a plausible story as to how three of his grandchildren came into his possession. Him and Rosemary were approved as her foster parents. Mm, okay. So we always had a story. It was like, they showed up in these cardboard boxes with handwritten letters from her, from Elizabeth. Yeah. That she was giving up her kids to her parents and stuff. And, the, and cops believed him and she was missing and stuff. So it kind of all tied together in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth did her best to te- teach her children how to read and write. And they had a TV, radio and VCR, which she used to her advantage to aid in teaching them. And that's also not to say that like, oh, he did so much for them. But she used what she had. Yeah. You know, um, Joseph would fly into fits of rage and refuse to bring them food for days at a time or would shut off their lights for days. Um, he would force Elizabeth to watch porn and then reenact it with him in front of her children in order to humiliate her. He'd also give empty threats of gassing or electrocuting them if they tried to escape, which was empty threats because there was no gas pipes that led to the basement. Yeah. Um, A tenant they had living in their house for 12 years who rented a room would say that they could hear sounds coming from the basement, but Joseph would always dismiss it as faulty pipes in the house. 
On April 19th of 2008, Elizabeth's eldest daughter, Kirsten, was in desperate need of medical attention and Joseph agreed to take her to the hospital after she fell unconscious. Elizabeth helped carry Kirsten out of the basement and seen the outside world for the first time in 24 years. Joseph forced her back down into the basement where she remained for one more week until doctors who found Joseph's story problematic and the fact that Kirsten was so pale she was gray mm -hmm. due to a lack of sunlight because she was 19 and had never been outside yeah. and was submitted or sorry was submitted and was admitted in critical condition due to kidney failure alerted police like the, the doctors alerted police on April 21st mm -hmm. after all of this Elizabeth's file of disappearance was opened again because like after she'd been missing for so long her case was closed mm -hmm. nobody could find her so then it reopened and a broadcast was made um to have her come forward to discuss her daughter's grave medical situation Elizabeth begged Joseph to let her go to the hospital to see her daughter and on April 26th he released her along with her sons Stefan and Felix mm -hmm. so they were also locked in the basement with her Ste Stefan and Felix but then she had three more kids upstairs I can't remember their names though I can't remember their names. Um, oh, one of them was Alexander, but I can't remember the other two. Um, both Elizabeth and Joseph were detained at the hospital by police on April 26th. And after being brought to the station and promised by police that she'd never have to see her father ever again, she spent the next two hours giving her confession regarding her 24-year captivity and abuse. On the 27th of April, Elizabeth, her children, and her mother were taken into government care. Her mother was unaware of what was being done to her daughter in the basement of their home, and police believed that Joseph was going to fake rescuing his daughter from the religious cult mm -hmm. he claimed she ran away into. Mm -hmm. So that was part of the letter. Yeah. Um, or, no, it was part of his assumption to the police that she ran away with this religious cult, that she had been talking about it. And she had been. Like, she was trying to become a waitress and get the fuck away from him. Mm-hmm. So a police officer later commented on her written letters stating that they sounded dictated and coerced and he was an expert on this stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what they were. Mm -hmm. They were completely dictated and coerced. Yeah. On March 19th, 2009, after a four-day trial in the town of St. Poulton, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right because the O has a little dots above it. Oh, okay. So St. Poulton, I mean, this is in Austria. Yep. Uh, Joseph pled guilty to charges of murder by negligence of his infant son slash grandson. Yep. Decades of enslavement, incest, rape, coercing, and false imprisonment, and was sentenced to life in a psychiatric prison. Why did Joseph do these unforgivable things to his daughter? Aside from being a sociopathic monster, and he was sociopathic because he knew what he was doing was wrong. Yeah. Um, he wanted her to be ruined for all men and knew that if she had multiple children, that no man would want her, especially if they were incestuous children. So he was massively controlling and he had a fucked up past with his own mother who used to beat him and humiliate him. Obviously not that that excuses his abuse in any capacity. It just adds to the mountain of bullshit, essentially. So I do know this story. I've heard it before. Yeah. I just can't remember. Is is she his only child? No, she had seven siblings. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. Or okay. six I, siblings. She had four brothers and two sisters. Okay. I thought I heard that. So just, it was her specifically that he wanted to fuck up. Yeah. He had beef with her. Fuck. He had major, well, he did beat one of his sons uh, from what I understand, but I, d I'm pretty sure there was no other 
evidence that he beat his other children's or Rosemary, yeah. but she knew not to step out of line with yeah. him. Okay. He was a very, very strict man. And he was born, I believe, in 1935, if I'm not mistaken. And he was born in the Nazi, mm-hmm. uh, neo-Nazi era. And so he was, like, insanely strict. Mm. And just, like, he was, he was a monster. Yeah. He was a fucking monster. So his confession is both disturbing and infuriating. And he is a fucked up, twisted old man. His his confession is really disturbing. And, like, he knew what he was doing was wrong. But he said that, like, just over time it became more and more normal to him and acceptable for him. But he knew it was wrong, what he was doing. And, yeah, he just had it out for Elizabeth so bad. And he, he hated her spirit so much. Mm-hmm. He hated how strong-willed she was. I mean, obviously, he was very misogynistic, too. Like, oh, that's that's yeah. adamantly clear how misogynistic he is. Yeah. I think he's still alive, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's in his 80s now, but I'm pretty sure, yeah, he's still alive. He's, like, 85 or something. Mm-hmm. So, thank the darkness that Elizabeth and her children got out. But, I mean, it's kind of a bittersweet survivor story. Yeah. As her and her children have had to live with a mountain of trauma yeah. and will need therapy for life. From what I understand, they're well taken care of from the Austrian government. Um, but what an awful trauma to have to live with. Elizabeth is now 56 and was robbed of so much of her life and her innocence. And those poor kids, like, being born in that. Yeah. And then living in it for, like, that one daughter, 19 years. Yeah. Never seeing outside. I think, I don't know if this movie was based on that, but one of one movie I really like, it's called The Room. And it's a survivor story. I mean, it's not real. But anyways, it's this woman that got abducted when she was like 17 or something like that and basically lived in a room with this guy, not family. And she gets pregnant, has a son, and eventually they escape. But it was like the whole trauma of that. And this kid thinks this is the whole world. And when he goes out, like trying to adapt to not this room, I can't even imagine that. Like I can't, I can't, I can't. Captivity is so horrifying. Yeah. People and kids being held captive and stuff. And it's, I mean, it's bad for her. Yes, because she was free and then was captive. But these poor children. Yeah. Aside from the fact that your grandfather's also your dad. Let's, let's, you know, not even go there. But yeah, right. Born in this room and then to, to come out and see, holy crap, there's more out there. Like, I, I, yeah, it's a survivor story, but holy shit. Yeah. Holy shit. Poor all of them. I know. Right. I know it's, it's crazy. Elizabeth, if you hear this, you're an incredible person and mother. And I hope you have a beautiful life with your children. Yes. And she is, she's a phenomenal mother and just like unbelievable. This story and like, Oh, I have you ever seen pictures of him? Her dad? Yeah. He is just his eyes. I have a hard time looking at pictures of Joseph. He is just, to me, he looks like fucking evil. And you he can see it in evil. his eyes. Yeah. Like, his, I can picture it and his eyes creep me the fuck out so bad. I I hate his face. And there's just, there's something about his eyes that is just so evil. He's, oh, he's, he's such an ugly human being. And just, oh, I, the, the mental image of his face is just, it sends shivers up my spine. Like, yeah. I'm just disgusting. So sad for her and her kids. I'm sad for his wife too. Can you imagine knowing now? Oh my God, my poor daughter was down there this whole time. Yeah. My grandkids were put into that. Um, Her brothers and sisters realizing that she was down there this whole time. Like what? That whole family. Yeah. She finally met her other three kids 
for the first time, you know, since since her father ripped them away from her. How horrible. When her oldest daughter was dying, she finally met her other three kids. How horrible. And, yeah, and then her other three kids met their siblings. Yeah. You know, like, could and could you imagine her mother seeing her for the first time? Yeah. Like, that would be, uh, it's unimaginable. It's something that we can't even comprehend. No. We can't, like. No. It's it's insane. I, oh man, like that. Yeah, this this story is it's a it's a crazy one. Yeah. Oh, I'm happy she survived and she came out on the other end of it. What a sack of shit he was. Yeah, he's a or piece is, of shit. If he's still alive, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, he's a piece of shit. That poor family. <sighs> yeah, all of them. So fucked up. Like twenty four years. Yep. To deal with that all by yourself. Yeah. And to know that, like, eventually she would have realized she was pregnant. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine and to have no one to talk to. No. And he just comes down and keeps raping her. Yeah. And I guess, like, I've have you ever seen pictures of the basement that she was stuck in? It's been a while. Um, I, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm, like, curious to look at them again. I, again, I, I know the story. Yeah. And I've heard of it over the years. Um, but I, I want to look at the photos again. It's so ominous. And, like, he, she begged him to expand the basement because it was so small. And he agreed to it, but he forced her and her kids to dig it out by hand. So mm-hmm. they had to dig out all this dirt and stuff by hand. Mm-hmm. And then when they were in court, I didn't mention this, but like in when I in my write up, but when they were in court, there was a, a bunch of items that had been seized by police for the trial mm-hmm. and they were passed around to the jury. And I guess the smell of the shit was like all these items, like not actual shit, but well, <laughs> they're passing around shit, passing around shit. <laughs> I'm sure it probably smelled of it to some yeah. degree, but the smell of these items, it was described as stench. Hmm. Wasn't like it was so bad that the jury was flinching because everything and smelled so horrendous. That. Yeah, and they, they lived, lived in, in that. that. And the the pictures of the basement is just chilling. Oh, her kids didn't even know what the fucking sun was. No, you know she probably described it to them, but you should watch that movie, The Room. Yeah, I should. There was a documentary made about it, and it was it's called something monster, the monster or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think it honestly kind of focuses on the dad. Which is fucking sad. Yeah, because he's not the fucking victim. No, he's not the victim in it. But I find that happens a lot. I know. It happens a lot. It focuses on the killer. It does. And I mean, yes, it's good to know all the fucking bullshit they've done. Yeah, the psychology behind it. All of that. But at the same time, like, these poor victims, like, focus on... Focus on them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, I'm sure you watched the documentary on Netflix, uh, Night Stalker. Yes. About Richard Ramirez. (laughs) Yeah. So much of it was focused on the police. Yeah. Because it was like, I'm sorry, what about all of these victims? I guess, of course, they shed light on them. But so much was focused on the police mm-hmm. and their boys club. Yeah. And it's like, this is not the principle of what happened. No. Richard Mir- Ramirez was a fucking monster. He was a monster. He was fucked in yeah. the head. And to be focusing solely on the police force and how it was like quite literally a boys club. Yep. Is like, wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Anyways. Wow. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. know. I know we're both like <sighs> injustice. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, two crazy stories in their own ways. Yeah, they're both horrible. Both horrible in their own ways and these horrible fucking people that keep committing these crimes need to burn at the stake. Right? I know everyone's going to be like that's not, you know, you shouldn't do that and you know just because he did whatever fuck that (laughs) you know what he did to her or what that individual does to another 
-hmm. fucking do it back to them yeah it's exactly exactly i'm all for that yeah let him get raped for 24 fucking years they deserve it Uh full force yeah it was like how much i went off about all of the abusers of joko furuta furuta yeah i i remember i like went off yeah i know <laughs> but they, but des- they deserve it they deserve it they fucking deserve it and you're angry yeah and they deserve they deserve it yeah they deserve everything they did to that poor girl they deserve in return mm-hmm. and for anyone that thinks we're wrong for it bye don't listen yeah, to our literally. podcast anymore bye because fuck that yeah sorry and if you don't agree with it that's questionable yeah like that's weird yeah and Yes, I agree with there has to be like, you know, you need to know yeah. that this is exactly what happened. And and with these cases, there is no doubt yeah. <laughs> that's what happened. I know that people have gone to jail where they were innocent and a lot of the shit was questionable, the evidence and stuff like that, that I'm not OK with. That's why I'm like, you know, the death penalty I've always been kind of on the fence with because there are a lot of people I'm sure that died that that were innocent oh for sure but if there's like oh my god you were literally caught on camera or whatever yeah we know it's you fuck them do to them what they did to that person absolutely i am okay with that yeah i can sleep at night knowing (laughs) that they're gonna go through the exact same shit right fuck them and if again anyone has a problem with that sorry not sorry don't listen to our podcast bye there's a few movies where women got uh uh vengeance against their rapists and stuff and it was just fucking beautiful yep did you ever see oh my god i could never watch this horror movie ever again i've seen it once and it shook me up it was called i spit on your grave i have seen it yeah and i think I, we've talked about this we have i know yeah. a lot of people have a hard time watching the rape scenes oh my god i have watched them Horrifying. and i have a hard time just like anyone else would but the revenge she gets oh the revenge was beautiful it's beautiful it's a just fucking beautiful fucking thing. Sweet revenge. Beautiful thing. Yeah. But yeah, that movie is pretty, pretty graphic. It's intense. It's intense. Yes. So Very intense. Fuck. And there was an old one too. The, yeah, the I do know one, that. Yeah, it was a remastered one. Yeah. There's a super old one. And yeah, like that movie was fucking intense. Yeah. I almost regretted watching it because it was so intense. Mm-hmm. Like, but the vengeance she got on oh, those it's pieces beautiful. of shit was just poetic it's beautiful poetic justice yep like when she rubbed all those fish guts in that guy's eyes and <laughs> yeah. then the birds pecked his yep. eyes out where she cut that guy's dick off yep fuck yes just the tip no just, the tip. <laughs> <laughs> just cut half his dick just off like tip? pull out Kissed him fish. and give him 10 bucks <laughs> <laughs> give him a kiss give him 10 bucks there you go right bye bye <laughs> Or like, uh, I'm sure you've seen the movie. I love this movie, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Yes. And then she buys that like fucking, I don't even know, over a foot long big ass dildo. Yep. And kicks it up that guy's ass Mm -hmm. after he raped her. Yep. And then she tattoos on him. I'm a rapist fucking pig or whatever. Yeah. I love that scene. So do I. Fucking love it. It, It's horrifying to watch. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And all that. But those sacks of shit deserve yep. what they dish out. Absolutely. And I know they don't feel it. It's funny how all of a sudden they're <laughs> yeah, the right? victims in there. You know, oh my God. It's like, fuck you. Rot in a fucking ditch. Makes me mad. Shove your arms cut off. Yeah. And then not be able to climb up a yeah an embankment. I still can't believe she survived I know. that. I can't believe Mary survived that. As bananas, man. Yeah. I know what my next story is going to be about for episode 11. You do? Okay. Yeah. I've got a few stories I'm kind of wanting to potentially do. I just have to decide. But yeah. No, it was nice to do the survivor stories. Yeah. 
as as gory as some of the details were, uh-huh. you know, part of the podcast, it was still awesome to oh, yeah. have a, a somewhat happy ending. Yeah, right. You know, somewhat of a happy ending because they still have their trauma well, and all that. Unfortunately, yeah. but the fact that they survived and they mm-hmm. were able to tell their story is amazing. The um, will to live of these victims. Yes. Exactly. I mean, she could have given up 24 years. Like, she could have ended that. She totally could have. Just like Mary, you said that, you know, she fought the urge to just fall asleep. Yeah, she was exhausted. Like, she had lost a lot of blood, and she was like, oh, just, you know. Yeah, and she would have died if she she fallen asleep. She would have just died. Yeah. Well, that's what your your body, your brain. Yeah, is trying to do. It's trying to shut down. Yeah. Yeah, so she would have succumbed to all of it. And, yeah, like, and, yeah, these survivor stories are bittersweet, right? Because they They survived. But in a sense, they almost didn't too. You know, yeah, in a they, way. they lost a lot of their life, which sucks. Um, An innocence. Immense. Yes, it's horrible. Everything they have lost from their experiences, but at the same time, phenomenal that they did survive and that the people that did this to them came and got their justice. Not justice, but justice, you yeah. know? Beautiful women. Beautiful, Beautiful women. Strong women. Yes. Very happy for you guys. And that's that. Well, guys. Episode 10. Holy crap. I was just about to say pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Done. Episode 10. <laughs> we're in double digits. So exciting. So exciting. Yes. Okay. Well, we're on Instagram, guys. My Ride or Die podcast. Twitter, My Ride or Die pod. Email us. My if you have any die. complaints, we're not going to listen. We have a special folder for that. Yep. I can't wait for that folder to just keep growing. And I know, right? As stressed out as I'm going to be <laughs> to have all those unread emails. <laughs> it's going to happen. Just let it continue. I will be see. stressed out at all. Yeah, I know you won't. <laughs> so it's just going to be, that's the only folder I'm ever going to be okay with. Just going, yep. It's okay. No Diana, complaints breathe. yet, though. Go have, no, not at all. Which, you know, I'm sure is going to eventually change. Maybe. We'll see. Hopefully I'm sure not. we'll piss off some people. Oh, I'm sure we already have. I was going to say, I'm sure we have pissed oh, off some people already. Yeah. And that's okay. Send us your stories. Yes. Whatever they are, whether they're whack as fuck or survivor stories. The whacker, the better. Yeah, the whacker, <laughs> the better. <laughs> we got to put that on a t-shirt. We do. The whacker, the better. The whacker, the better. That sounds really funny. But yeah, thanks, guys. Have a great night. Yeah, have a great weekend. Be safe. Very safe. Wear a fucking seatbelt. Yes. (laughs) Don't be like Chantal on dirt roads. Wear a fucking seatbelt, okay? That's going to go on a t-shirt too, and I'm going to make you wear it. (laughs) With a seatbelt over top of it. Yes, with a fucking seatbelt over top of it. Wear a seatbelt. Don't be like Chantal. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, guys. Good night. Peace out. Bye. Bye.